This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. to ER Vet and Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care veterinary specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we're going to be talking about how to save money with a pet. We'll be right back after these messages. How many of you have pets? My hand's raised. Now think about how lucky you are to have such a sweet little pet in your life, and that pet is lucky to have you too. But unfortunately, there are countless pets out there that don't have a home to call their own. However, Bob's from Skechers is trying to change that. So we developed Bob's for Dogs and Cats to help pets in need. With every purchase of adorable Bob's footwear or fun, stylish apparel, or even the cutest Bob's pet accessories, Skechers makes a donation to Petco Love to help save shelter pets. And with your for help, we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over $7 million. So while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers' famous memory foam cushioning, you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side. Find Bob's at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, select pet co-locations, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Today, I'm going to be talking about how to save money with your pet. Now, I'll admit, I'm pretty frugal, but when it comes to my dog and cat, I spend a lot of money on them because I want to make sure they're well taken care of. These guys are my four-legged family members. They sleep with me, they cuddle with me, and they mean a lot to me. That said, pet ownership is very costly. And it always breaks my heart as a veterinarian when I see a dog coming into the ER or a cat that's a purebred, pretty expensive, and the owner ends up euthanizing within a year of them purchasing this dog. Some of these doodle breeds run up to $3,000 to $3,500. Now, personally, I would never pay money for a pet or not that much. I'm a big believer in adoption. There's a saying out there that says, don't breed or buy when homeless animals die. So I always give good pet karma to anyone who adopts, especially if you adopt an adult dog or cat or geriatric one. Keep in mind that I'm totally fine if you want to splurge on a certain breed because breeds have known characteristics. We know when you get a golden retriever, you're going to get a great family dog that's super sweet, that likes to exercise, that's not too hyper, that's very food motivated and easy to train. We know when you get a German short hair pointer, you're going to have a crazy hyper dog that loves to run, that loves to hunt, that loves to point. So the good thing about picking your favorite breed is you know that there are a lot of breed standards on the American Kennel Club website, and that breed's going to fit a lot of those characteristics. That said, when in doubt, I usually tell people the first place you can save money is by actually adopting instead of buying. Why is this important? Some of the most expensive breeds that I see purchased 
have a lot of secondary medical problems. Whether or not it's a doodle breed or an English bulldog, some of these breeds have inherited or genetic conditions that can be costly. And honestly, I tell people if money is of concern, I'd rather you save the money for medical care rather than the upfront costs of buying an expensive pure breed. So again, I don't care if you got your pet for free or if you paid a ton. I just want to make sure you're committed to a long-term successful relationship with your pet and that I can help you save money in the process. So what is involved with pet ownership? Well, it adds up. You're going to spend several thousand dollars, especially the first year of pet ownership when your pet is younger, like a puppy or kitten. Why? Because you're going to need more vaccines in the first year. If you've ever had a human two-legged kid, they have to go to the pediatrician much more frequently in the first year. And the reason why is because the mother of a dog or cat will pass on what we call maternal antibodies. If that mother was well-vaccinated, they'll pass on some antibodies in their colostrum, their first milk. But keep in mind that colostrum only protects them for the first three to five weeks of life. After that, that's one of the reasons why veterinarians will vaccinate. Keep in mind, the first vaccine doesn't protect that puppy or kitten. What it does is it mounts an immune response to respond to the second vaccine and the third vaccine and the fourth vaccine. Now, for those of you guys who got the COVID vaccine, if you got Moderna or Pfizer, you know that you had to get two vaccines. And that's because the second vaccine stimulates the immune system and responds to that first vaccine. Again, really important that you keep in mind the first year of dog and cat ownership is going to be more expensive because there's more vaccines involved. It's also when we want to do preventative surgeries like spays and neuters, and that helps reduce medical problems and behavioral problems down the line. Keep in mind that younger dogs and cats are also more mischievous. Maybe you're in the process of crate training a dog and your dog got out and ate a pair of socks or underwear, and now they're stuck in the intestines. Well, if they're vomiting and they have a life-threatening obstruction, you may need to pay several thousand dollars just to get that foreign body fixed and removed. So I'm going to talk about a couple of veterinary specific tips that can help you save money with your pet. But keep in mind, the first year of dog and cat ownership is always going to be more expensive. I also wanted to disclose why veterinary ERs and specialty clinics are more expensive than your family veterinarian. One in doubt, as a veterinary specialist, I want you to have a really good relationship with your family practitioner. Why? That's who I want you to go for her vaccines and for surgeries and for dentistries and for regular routine preventative care. Keep in mind, veterinary specialty clinics and emergency clinics are more expensive because we're typically staffed 24 hours a day, including weekends and nights. So not only do we have to pay for more staff with shift differential, but we have to keep the lights running 24 hours a day. Plus, we have to buy more expensive equipment. Family practitioners or general practitioners don't need things like in-house blood analyzers or MRIs or CTs or IV fluid pump or oxygen cages or chemotherapy or really expensive antidotes and medications. So emergency clinics and specialty clinics are always going to be more expensive. So keep that in mind. All right. So we already talked about a new puppy or kitten. Remember, they're going to need that annual examination for the next 10 to 20 years of their life. They're going to need three to five vaccines within the first year and then 
two to three vaccines a year thereafter, they're going to need annual heartworm, flea and tick medication, that spay or neuter. They're going to need pet licensing fees, pet sitter fees, medications, dog treats, cat treats, beds, leashes, collars, toys. We're talking several thousand dollars. Knowing that flea and tick preventative heartworm medication and vaccines can cost three to $600. A spay or neuter can run you the same cost depending on where you live. An emergency intestinal surgery can cost you a couple thousand dollars. Trust me, pet ownership adds up quick. Now I'll tell you, I'm a firm believer that pet ownership is not a luxury. Everyone should be entitled to be able to have the love and joy of owning a pet. But with pet ownership comes responsibility. What does that mean? Kudos to you if you're rescuing pets, but keep in mind pet ownership includes responsibility. What does that mean? That means you have to make sure to appropriately care for your pet. In a previous episode of ER Vet, I talked about how to care for your pet and the importance of animal husbandry, which includes making sure that you're providing adequate shelter, appropriate food and water environmental enrichment, a safe environment, preventative care. That is so important with pet ownership. So if you're going to take the responsibility of a pet, you have to make sure to care for a pet appropriately. But how do we pay for it? Well, I already discussed the first pro tip is consider what breed you're going to buy because that's going to affect the long-term costs of your pet. Keep in mind, they've done some studies where they found that certain breeds are more expensive to own long-term. English Bulldogs, Golden Retrievers, Cavalier King Charles Spaniels, Yorkshire Terriers, Chihuahuas, French Bulldogs, Doberman Pinchers. Why these breeds? Because a lot of these breeds have congenital or inherited medical problems that need surgery. So if you want to save some money, the first thing you want to do is adopt a mixed breed dog or cat. Why a mixed breed? Well, mixed breeds have something called hybrid vigor. Hybrid vigor is basically when there's genetic variation due to outbreeding. Keep in mind, mutts get medical problems too, but in general, it's thought that mixed breed pets are generally healthier. My second tip for saving money with a pet, please don't let your pet get obese. You may not be aware, but in the United States, it's estimated that 40 to 70% of dogs and cats are obese to overweight. Keep in mind that obese is defined as greater than 20% their ideal body weight. Classic scenario. If your cat is 12 pounds and he should be nine pounds, it doesn't sound like that much. It's only three pounds, but keep in mind that's over 30% of that pet's body weight, right? That means your cat is obese. One of the biggest mistakes that I see that probably contributes to obesity in our dogs and cats is overfeeding. Most of the time, pet owners are overfeeding their pets. Now, if you're a typical pet owner, you're going to look on the bag of dog food or cat food and feed for your pet's current weight. What you should be doing is feeding for your pet's ideal body weight. So again, if your cat is 12 pounds, you should not be feeding for a 12 pound cat. If your cat is supposed to be nine pounds, you should be feeding for a nine pound cat. My one little tip, please go to the AKC website, the American Kennel Club website, or the Cat Fanciers Association website for you cat owners. If you have a particular breed, I want you to look at the ideal weight of that breed. Here you go. Labrador retrievers. The average Labrador retriever should weigh 70 pounds. 
If your Labrador retriever weighs a hundred pounds and you're feeding it according to the directions for a hundred pound dog, of course, your dog's going to be overweight or obese. When in doubt, check the AKC website for the breed of dog. See what the ideal body weight is. Check with your veterinarian for ideal body weight and feed according to the directions for the ideal body weight. Now, keep in mind, I can tell the majority of pet owners right now that you can reduce the amount you're feeding by 25%. That's right. Second thing that contributes to pet obesity, not using a real measuring cup. Splurge on a real measuring cup. I've seen pet owners who say they feed one can a day. And what it actually is, is one huge coffee can. Okay. I don't want you using yogurt cups or coffee cans. I want you to use an actual measuring cup and feed according to the ideal body weight. The third thing that contributes to obesity is lack of exercise. Not only are we as humans probably under exercise, but our pets are too, which contributes to obesity. Obesity is so common. Please keep in mind that they've done studies that found that skinnier dogs live longer. In fact, they live on average 1.4 years longer. This is based off a Purina 14-year study. And what they found was that, again, skinnier dogs live longer. Now, as a veterinarian and a dog owner, I want my dog to live as long as possible. And the easiest way, again, is by keeping them thin. So when in doubt, don't let your pet get obese. We'll be right back and talk about more ways that you can save money with your pet right after these messages. For those fortunate to have experienced the deep bond and unconditional love of a companion animal, the death that follows can be one of the most difficult and misunderstood losses to go through. Many times, this devastating loss goes unrecognized and trivialized by family and friends, leaving grieving pet parents struggling to find healthy ways to cope with the loss. In And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal for healing the loss of a pet, Dr. Julianne Corbin calls attention to the difficulties unique to the loss of a beloved pet and provides an interactive and compassionate guide to help you process your loss and work towards coming to a place of peace and healing. For those interested in journal therapy and looking for a professionally written and compassionate resource to help understand and reconcile the grief associated with the loss of your pet, this book is for you. And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal by Julianne Corbin is now available for purchase on Amazon and other major book retailers. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. ER vet on Pet Life Radio. I've been talking about how to save money with your pet. The first tip we talked about is picking what breed you're going to buy, knowing that it can affect the long-term cost of your pet. When in doubt, go with a mutt. Second tip, don't let your dog or cat get obese. Again, 40 to 70% of dogs and cats in America are overweight to obese. Tips to avoid, 
You don't want to overfeed. You always want to feed based on ideal body weight. Check the AKC website to see what your pet's ideal body weight is. Buy an actual measuring cup so you make sure that you're feeding the exact amount. And last, increase exercise to help burn off some of those calories. All right, let's talk about the third tip. This is a really important way of saving money with a pet. When in doubt, preventative medicine and catching things early will save you a ton of money. Every single week in the ER, I will tell you that I am treating a parvovirus puppy. Parvovirus is a deadly virus that was discovered in the late 60s and 70s. And guess what? The vaccine is 99% protective. Unfortunately, this disease should have been eradicated, but we still see outbreaks of parvovirus. And it's usually when dogs are adopted in transport, typically from the Southeast or South Central United States, they're in a transport system and brought up to animal shelters in the Midwest, the Northeast, or the rest of the United States. Well, a lot of these puppies haven't been vaccinated and end up being exposed to other dogs and get parvovirus. Parvovirus can be fatal without treatment. But the good thing is with treatment, the survival is 80 to 90%. However, your average parvovirus bill is about four to $5,000. Now you could have bought a lot of vaccines. You could have saved a lot of animals with four to $5,000. So when in doubt, preventative care is so important. And that's one of the reasons why vets are always harping on getting vaccinated. We want to make sure our dogs and cats aren't getting these infectious diseases. Remember, vaccines are really, really safe in dogs and cats. They're designed to help stimulate the immune system. So if that dog or cat is at a dog park or the cat is outside, they're exposed to these viruses that they have protection against them. The next pro tip, catching things early. Now I work in a veterinary ER and I'll admit we are swamped, especially on Sundays. There's usually a three to five to eight hour wait. Why? Because pet owners are realizing that their dog or cat is super, super sick. The classic scenario, your dog didn't want to eat his food on Thursday. That's kind of weird. On Friday, he vomits once. By Saturday, now he's really sick. He doesn't want to eat. He's vomited six times. And you think, eh, I think it can wait till Monday when I'll bring him to the vet. Well, on Saturday, he's more dehydrated. On Sunday, he's collapsed. He can't even get up. That's why veterinary ERs are busiest on Sundays. People wait and see if their pet can wait through the weekend before they get to the vet, and they can't. So what's my general rule? When in doubt, call your vet as soon as your pet shows symptoms. If they don't touch their food on Thursday and they're a Labrador retriever who loves food, something serious is wrong. The sooner you can call your vet, the sooner you can book an appointment. Say you book an appointment on Saturday. At least that way you have that appointment. If your dog's better by then, you can always cancel the appointment 24 hours before. So when in doubt, as soon as your pet is showing signs of illness, you want to call your vet to get in to get an appointment. The longer you wait, the more expensive it is. And the worse your pet is, they become more dehydrated, more shocky. Trust me, it's always cheaper if you bring in your pet earlier. For you cat owners, if you notice your cat is drinking more than usual, or you notice clumps in the litter box that are bigger than my fist in my hand, don't wait. Your cat needs blood work at your veterinarian as soon as possible. If you notice this gradually and you're like, huh, I feel like I'm filling my cat's water bowl more, you need to get to your veterinarian. If your cat 
usually vomits once a month and now is vomiting once a week, you need to get to the vet. You don't want to wait until it's an expensive emergency on a Sunday. The reason why this is important is because the sooner we diagnose something with blood work like diabetes or kidney failure, the sooner we can treat it. The less damaging it's going to be to your pet. And trust me, the less expensive it's going to be for your dog. Now, a lot of times family practitioners can manage some of these cases. If your dog's just a little bit sick, your cat just vomited once. Sometimes we can give an injection of a really strong anti-vomiting medication or even some fluids under the skin. We can do x-rays just to make sure nothing's going on. But by the time you wait until your dog or cat is really sick, now we're talking IV fluids and IV catheter, hospitalization for 24-hour care, x-rays, ultrasound, you're looking at at least $1,500 to several thousand dollars. So again, the sooner you notice the signs, the sooner we veterinarians can diagnose the problem. And I promise the less expensive it is going to be for you. The fourth and final way of saving money with your tip, please consider pet insurance or some type of wellness plan. Every single day in the veterinary ER, I wish my dog and cat owners had pet insurance. And keep in mind for all you exotic pet owners of birds or ferrets, please know that there's several pet insurance companies that will also cover exotic species. Now, keep in mind, pet insurance has been around for decades, over 40 years, but most people don't have it. In fact, less than one to 3% of North American pets have pet insurance. Being that 30 to 40% of Americans don't have their own health insurance, I can see why they're prioritizing their own health. But still, when in doubt, you want to get pet insurance. Here's my little tip with pet insurance. You want to get it early. Why? Because when it comes to pet insurance, keep in mind that it's totally different than human health insurance. It's an indemnity model, which means you still pay your veterinary clinic up front, but have to seek reimbursement later by submitting a claim to the pet insurance company. Because of that, it's accepted by most, if not all, veterinary clinics. Veterinary practices love it because they're not bogged down with the paperwork like they are in human medicine. It's your responsibility to submit the paperwork. That said, there's a couple things that you have to be aware of. When in doubt, do your research. Pet insurance companies dramatic differently. Some claim reimbursement of 10 to 90%. Some are almost always 90%. Some have limitations and you really want to read the fine print. Keep in mind, not all pet insurances will cover everything. For example, if your pet has a pre-existing condition, you won't be covered for future veterinary visits. So one of the most expensive but non-emergency cases that I see are allergies. Allergies are super expensive to manage at your veterinary clinic. But if your dog was already diagnosed with it, it's too late to get pet insurance. It won't be covered. That's why I always say you want to get pet insurance when your dog or your cat is a puppy or kitten. The sooner that you get pet insurance in your pet's life, there won't be any pre-existing conditions. And that means more is covered. So please be aware. You really want to talk to a veterinarian. You want to do your own research, but I'm a huge advocate of pet insurance. I regret not getting it with my old dog who ended up having a brain tumor. I ended up spending tens of thousands of dollars on his CT, MRI, multiple anesthesias, stereotactic radiation therapy. And in retrospect, I could have saved a whole lot of money even as a veterinarian, by getting pet insurance first. You also want to keep in mind that certain pet insurances won't cover breed inherited diseases. So example, if you have a Persian cat that is predisposed to polycystic kidney disease or a German shepherd that's predisposed to hip dysplasia, 
please read the fine print because not all pet insurances will cover for these breed predilections or inherited conditions. That said, pet insurance is so helpful for emergency situations, like if your cat swallows tinsel and has a linear foreign body and requires a four to $6,000 surgery, that will be covered. If your dog got hit by a car and needs emergency pelvic surgery or has a lung tear or internal bleeding, that could be eight to $10,000 in a veterinary emergency clinic, and that will be covered by pet insurance. Please keep in mind, you can't get pet insurance from the ER. It has several days before it'll kick in. So be aware, the sooner you get it, the more will be covered. Again, I'm a huge advocate of pet insurance, having learned the hard way with my own dog. And I hate as a veterinarian having to do what we call economic euthanasias, having to end a pet's life because a pet owner can't afford it. When in doubt, I always want you to be able to treat your dog or your cat with the best care possible and having pet insurance or a wellness program lets you do that. As a veterinarian, I want your dog and cat to live as long as possible, and I don't believe that pet ownership should be a luxury, but you want to make sure to take these tips to be able to save money with your pet. When in doubt, pick a breed that's not going to be super expensive, that doesn't have a lot of medical problems. Keep in mind that obesity is linked with more expensive medical bills, so you want to keep your pets lean. Talk to your veterinarian and make sure that your dog or cat is well protected with preventative care. When in doubt, you want to catch any symptoms early, like vomiting a lot or drinking more or urinating more. And last, consider wellness plans or pet insurance. When in doubt, talk to your veterinarian, but know that we want your pet to live as long as possible. Hopefully with these tips, you'll be able to help your dog and cat live as long as possible, have a happy, healthy life and save money in the process. Well, that brings me to the end of today's show. Find me at Dr. Justine Lee on Facebook or Instagram on Dr. Justine Lee, or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, and we want to thank Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.